Hello, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast, where we talk about games made by Blizzard Entertainment. Uh, I'm your host, Matthew Rossi, and with me this week, two simply fantastic co-hosts. Um, we've been talking about all sorts of things that aren't related to the game at all, so you may be confused if you've been listening in. But uh, first up, he's got very strange flavored coffee creamer, Alex Zebart. Look, I don't think Snickerdoodle is that strange. I'm sorry, man, that I've never even heard of Snickerdoodle flavored coffee creamer. Just because you haven't heard of it doesn't mean it's not strange. Doesn't mean it's strange. Yeah, it's strange. It's very bizarre. Okay, it's strange, but it's still good. I'm not saying it's not good. I'm not, you know, I'm quite frankly, I'm curious as to like how they came upon the idea to make it flavored Snickerdoodle. To be honest with you, that's it's like man, they just they have like teams of people whose job it is to come up with things to make stuff you put in coffee taste like. Well, yeah, but I mean, look at ice cream. Yeah, how I, many flavors of ice cream are there? And there's. There's a man with an actual job at these places, and his just job is just ice cream tester. Yeah, I'm 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 behind on ice cream by about a decade because I haven't eaten it in that long. So yeah, every so often I go in the store and I look and I'm like, wow, they they have they have tiny little turtles. I and mean, I'm not, I'm not talking like a turtle. <laughs> they have the, the you know the chocolate turtles. Yeah, they have those in ice cream. Sometimes yeah. they're shaped like a turtle though. Yeah, but there's there's an actual I saw I've seen him on the news. He has, there's an actual like older man who has a golden spoon, and his job is to taste the ice cream. And it's gold because the flavor of the spoon won't transfer to the ice cream when he's tasting it. Yeah, that's, yeah, okay. Now that we've done that, and I'm going to be, like, hungry for literally the rest of the podcast, uh, also with us, <laughs> Anne's Stigney. Anne's eating chocolate, so that's not helping me any. No, I finished eating the chocolate, but now oh, I have to smell God. the crockpot for, like, the entirety of the podcast. Yes, we're going to have a food-based show this week. We're going to just talk about I, food. Yeah, today I just decided to, like, torture myself and run the crockpot all day. <laughs> well, on the upside, though, you don't have to do anything. No, I mean, well, I have, to, you make, have, to, I have to make noodles later because I'm making chicken parmesan in the crockpot. Because apparently this is a thing you can do. I don't know. I'm testing it out. That's I have like the time that my, my wife and I made pizza in a crockpot. yeah. You can it's do it. Weird, it the amount works. of things that you can make in a crock pot. So I was like, okay, I'll throw this together and see how it turns out. Because like my sister's coming over and staying the night tonight anyway, so she gets to be a guinea pig. I think I, I think the crock pot is the pinnacle of human invention. It's cool. I like having it, one. It does. It's not getting any better. No. Well, plus it's it's, it's 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 still basically the same thing as like when we had a big pot over some fire. Yeah, like it's basically the same idea, but you we've just made plug it in. Yeah, and you know, in a hundred years, it'll have some very fancy computer built into it, and it'll still basically do the same thing. You know, well, I think it was I think it was Cowboy Bebop, where um, I don't know if I don't think this is real, but uh, it had a, a cup of instant noodles in Cowboy mm-hmm. Bebop, right? The anime, and they had like a little pull string at the bottom of the cup, and you pull it, and like steam shot out, and it made cooked the noodles. Like it was a self-contained system. If that's not real, it needs to be. It, I, I'm not up on that's needles. technology that somebody needs to work on because now I kind of want ramen a little bit. Because okay. I mean, it's a lot of work turning on my electric tea kettle to boil the water and pour it into the cup. Just put it all in the cup. Just yeah, stick it all there, and you can pull the string, and then poof, it happens, and it's magic. And alrighty, now that we've done this, I'm actually going to try and uh, talk about the top stories. Which, <laughs> no, we're just going to talk about food all day. <laughs> no, I'm, I haven't actually eaten today because I've not been feeling well. So right now I'm like dying here. Okay. So top story, I think the only real story we have to worry about is that the the alpha is back up. Yay, alpha is back up. Back. Um, so stuff, new, some new stuff's been added. Um, they added in a couple of shaman specs, not resto because you know, hey, why have a healer? But they did add in a couple of new shaman specs, and they've added in Valshara and, and some dungeons. And another, which one did we run? Uh, Darkheart Thicket. Yeah. Darkheart Thicket, okay. It was the Emerald Nightmare-inspired one. It was actually a lot of fun and pretty messed up, and the trash poles were interesting, and we couldn't figure out the last boss at all. Well, uh, the last boss... He's I was, I Yeah, I went reading the Legion forums afterwards to see if other people had problems, and everybody's had problems. Uh, he, he does way too much damage right now. Yeah, he, there's, An extra that. zero was placed in an equation somewhere that shouldn't have been, and yeah. Uh, he was ripping forums, my face off. That's what I was thanking who, him. Yeah, the people who managed to beat that boss on the forums are people who could put up a complete immunity every now and then <laughs> to just take zero damage for a few seconds. That was the that's the only way to do it right now. 
Yeah, he was he was literally peeling my face off in like a, a heartbeat, and I felt so bad for Liz who's trying to heal this, and I'm like, nope, I got nothing. There was no healing it, it. There was no healing yeah. it because it was um, zero. I mean, even if she got the heal zero. off, it wouldn't have been enough to counter what well, you're hitting. Here's the icing on the cake: the the ability that was doing so much damage, it was basically one shotting you. It also applies a healing debuff. Yeah, so, it wasn't a necessary healing debuff though. Because yeah. trust me, she could have like she could have converted all of her mana into healing, and it wasn't going to do anything. Because I literally went from I'm up now I'm not. Right. It was it was like I said there was a zero stuck in that shouldn't have been stuck in. <laughs> yeah, uh, that yeah. boss was overtuned or buggy, one of the two. And the trash, some of the trash had way too much health, but otherwise, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, also, we we, uh, <laughs> we discovered that. Yeah. While the devs were sticking in various new things, they also decided to stick in not one, but two Dalarons next to the regular Dalaron. For some reason, we yeah. don't know why. Two Dalarons, like, smashed into each other. They're, they're, I've like, only seen one extra Dalaron, but I know that there's another. Well, they're stacked on top of each other. Like, one of them is inverted from the other. And if you look really close at that second Dalaron, you'll see that there's two of the big mage towers, on mm-hmm. one on either end. Because they're kind of like mushed together, oddly. Mitch, Mitch yeah, actually uh, went on the beta or on the alpha and, and filmed this and put it on YouTube. And I think yeah, we posted it's, that it's yesterday. It's on our site. Yeah, we posted it last night. So if you want to see what Dollaron looks like when there's another Dollaron on top of it, you can go watch that. It's very bizarre. <laughs> I will say this: um, if you were playing a Blood DK and you couldn't get your artifact because the quest to go get your artifact put you in a place that immediately teleported you back to Dalaran saying, oh, don't go there. They fix that, so you can level your uh, your Blood Decay now, so there's an extra tank. Hooray! Um, that was real annoying when I was trying to get a Blood Decay through. And uh, So yeah, it's the alpha's up, lots of stuff is happening. Uh, we're, we're, I'm gonna, I know I'm gonna be doing something about it this week, because, you know, Warrior Column coming up. Uh, so yeah, it's it's back, and yay. Uh, either of you guys have anything in particular you wanted to say about the alpha before we moved on? Uh, yeah. the alpha, did we talk about... We probably did, because this was last week. Again, Greymane and Heroes of the Storm? We did, yes. Last week we covered okay. it. Okay. Uh, then Heroes of the Storm, today they started teasing, because we don't know what heroes are coming next, and we usually know, like, two or three heroes in a batch. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what's coming after Gen, but they started teasing it and releasing, like, uh, very brief voice clips, and one of them sounds like the wizard for Diablo 3, so that might be our next character, the Ooh. female wizard. Cool. That'd be cool. Yeah, um, I was kind of hoping it would be her... Uh, it seems like she would round out the the mages we have in, in Heroes currently, because we have Jaina, who is the Frost Mage. We have Kael'thas, the Fire Mage. And uh, having the Diablo 3 wizard with arcane spells, I think, would be really cool. The uh, the other voice clip, we can't quite determine what that is just yet. I thought maybe it was like Kael'thuzad with like vocal effects removed. That would be a weird thing to do, though. Wouldn't it release voice clips that aren't finished? Yeah, um, the other suggestion that I saw being bandied about was that it was Zuljin, which doesn't quite sound right it's, to me. It was, a a, it was just a maniacal kind of, cackle, that's all it it's was. It's like a really hammy cackle, and it doesn't sound like anybody, so when I was looking at the replies to the tweet, there were, you know, people's guesses ranged from Kael'thas to uh, Senjin or Zuljin to... Edwin Van Cleef to Zoltan Cool, like nobody has any idea because it's such a generic sounding <laughs> laugh. They're just so, guessing any male I, character. I like a Zoltan Cool and Diablo. I mean, from Diablo and uh, Heroes, but that would be really strange. His his entire kit is you killed me again I want after you see, brought me back from death. I want I want them to stick Covetous Shen in <laughs> Heroes. Yeah, that's Jen. She's an interesting character. Just because character. that'd be fun. <laughs> well, he's like secretly a god. I know. It'd be so... great, wouldn't it? Plus, I love his voice acting. I, I just, I yeah. love that voice actor. <laughs> I like listening to Shen talk. I'm going to, you know, forever be the guy who thinks Deckard Kane should be in Heroes. Well, and he should, have an, he should have an attack that just makes everybody stand there and listen to him talk. Well, it's... <laughs> well, um, listen, and you they... do, whether you like it or not. Didn't they do a joke hero for Diablo 3 way back? Based on Deckard Cain, where it was like, um, I don't remember. I remember that they they had like for April Fools one year they had the uh, Deckard Cain GPS system, <laughs> and they had audio files for that. So it was Deckard Cain, and he's just like, turn left ahead, 
because I that is that. where, and then he goes into this long story. <laughs> like, <in the laughs> of it. See, when Wirt lost his leg. <laughs> it was fantastic. But alrighty, um, now that we've covered all that, we move on to emails, as always is the case. If you have an email you'd like to send to us, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Um, we, you know, try to get it to as many emails as possible. Uh, we also use, we get emails from people from Patreon and we do those every week. We're going to do a couple right now, actually. So first up is a Patreon email from David M. Uh, question for us. Um, will casters actually use the weapon in combat come Legion? Or are they still going to be stuck in our bo- in our pockets while we uh, cast barehanded? I honestly can't tell you. Because I don't have any casters on the alpha at the moment. I had oh, a mage. You're playing a caster. Do yeah. they? Do, does they don't, it's it's no, they don't use their weapons. It's not like it's uh, just I think stuck it's, on their back. Guild Wars does it, I think, or is it Rift? Maybe both of them, where you're casting a spell and you kind of swing your staff around. That's not a thing. You're using the same casting animations you use in Warlords, or you know, with the new models. It's it's the same thing. I want to okay. see them do it like they do in Dragon Age, where they have the staff in front of them and it's all shoo, shoo. I think that'd be cool. Honestly, I, I do think that there's room for, and it'd be better. It'd be about time with the artifacts coming in that you use the artifact. Yeah. To, you know, because it's like, you know, this is the source of my my greater power. I should be channeling magic through it. Uh, I don't know if I, I don't actually want to see the Dragon Age level of spell casting with the staff, because, man... Dragon Age casters spin that thing around a lot. I know it's uh-huh. awesome. <laughs> Why uh, can't they do that? <laughs> but I, I wouldn't. I would definitely like to see it out and doing stuff, uh, or you know, whatever. It would be nice to see that at this point, especially since you've got casters who use a staff versus casters who use a sword uh, or a, like a dagger and a book. You know, there's so you could have different styles. You could have like the the staff style versus the you know sm- the one handed weapon yeah, style. Yeah, um, the kind so, of drawback i think might be weapons that look dramatically different like if you make an animation for a staff is the affliction warlock scythe gonna look good doing a staff animation or would you need that specific weapon need its own animations and how much work is that and so on the, the yeah, only, i can see that being a problem the only counterpoint i have to that rossi is that if they did use the the dragon age style where they're whipping it all over the place there would then be a reason for casters to be so muscly <laughs> There's never going to be a reason for castles to be as muscly as they are. Because come on, yeah. every time I see a human uh, a human warlock in this game, I'm thinking that dude should be half the weight and seriously a lot paler. Like, why are you go? What are you doing? Like, in alternatively, twice the weight. <laughs> or yeah, okay. But even so, you know, in between packs with evil, that guy apparently has a second job as a lifeguard somewhere. Like, hey, dude, no, you're going to drown, man. Let me help you. He just visits the tanning bed. It's next door to the barber shop. I mean, to be fair, with all of the running we do in this game, uh, pretty much everybody would be pretty darn fit. Maybe not. Nobody's missing leg day, at the very least. But (laughs) nobody's missing leg day. I I don't think any of our characters have the lifestyle that would produce a scrawny figure. I don't know. Once you get a mount. And warlocks got to mount fairly early because they, you know, get an evil one. Uh, you don't really do that much running, but okay. Next email is from Matthias. I like your name, Matthias. Um, question for the queue or the podcast. I have a question regarding the Diablo 3 transmog system. Do you need to equip gear to make it show up in the transmog interface, or do you just need to have it in your possession? I'm asking because I recently want, went to transmog my character, and there were way fewer looks in there than I expected. If you do need to equip them, why? It's not like WoW where there is a, a soul-binding mechanic. Um, to be honest with you, the Diablo transmog system just doesn't give you a lot of options. Like, there's only certain things that end up in there. Well, there aren't a lot, there aren't as many different appearances per class as you would think at a baseline. Um, yeah, because but, a lot of gear looks the same, and the, the gear looks different on a different class. On each class, yeah. So, yeah. like, one piece of item might look one way in your Demon Hunter, but if you give that same item to your Barbarian, it's going to look more Barbarian-y. It's not going to look like the same item. Yeah, but, there's, um, no, like, there's no limitations based on it being a kind of armor. Like, you can wear the same thing. It's just that some stuff you can't wear on your Demon Hunter just because it's not for them. And one thing that uh, I, I was really confused about the Diablo Transbox system, too, when I first started playing Diablo 3, because I expected it to be more like WoW's. But if you haven't leveled up your, what is she, the Enchanter? No. What is she? The artisan that you transmog at. And the Mystic, I think she's called? The Mystic. Yeah. 
if you level up the mystic, you unlock the basic armor appearances by leveling up your mystic. Uh. And once you get her to level 12 or whatever, you have all the basic armor appearances for your class. But the only transmog options that unlock through acquiring items are legendary and set appearances. So once you've acquired a certain legendary, that appearance will be unlocked at the Mystic. But all the basic armor sets are unlocked just by leveling her up. And you don't have to equip the legendary. You just get the transmog once you unlock the legendary. Yep. Or identify it, whatever they call it. So yeah, once you, you do the, the, if you want thing, the basic armors, just level up the mystic. It costs gold, and gold is easy to come by in Diablo. So, so yeah, it's it's not there's there's no equipping of anything, and there's it's just whether or not you, if you've had it, it that's only for legendaries. Yeah, so you're, you're so that's that's pretty much that one. So, moving on to the next email. This one is from uh, Resurrectshore, and that that's that's who it is. Resurrectshore, right? Resur- Resurrect- Resurrectshore. Yeah, Resurrectshore. Um, Aloha, watchers. I had four quickish questions about Legion. Hopefully they're answerable with, with what's out there. If not, then no worries. So we'll do them, you know, since there's four, we'll do them one at a time. Okay. Uh, number one, Transmog. I play a Warlock. I'm seeing a theme today. Transmog. Uh, I play a Warlock in a Death Knight. In a death knight. I mean, um, when I was Demonology, I gathered a few really cool two-handed weapons for my Felguard and Wrathguard. Will these go into my new wardrobe function for my Warlock so that I can mog them on my DK? No. Seems like no currently. If you it can't equip like no. it, if you can't equip it, it won't unlock. And they've done even more for armor, but for weapons and stuff, if you can't use it, it's not going to unlock. Plain and simple. That, that seems so. So I mean, that's how it works. But it still seems very strange to me that they've locked it down so hard. I think they, honestly, there was a lot of questioning and a lot of complaining that certain classes would be better for transmog farming than other classes. Like people are like, I don't want to have to play a warrior to unlock everything. I play a mage. I want to stay on my mage. So they went and made it like this so that your warrior, what, you, what your warrior gets won't affect your mage in the slightest and vice versa. I think they should just let everybody unlock everything. I yeah, mean, but then people yeah. then this store complaint will come back. I mean, for example, um, this is not indicative of anything because it's not max level. It's not endgame. Uh, my leveling stream warlock, who is level 82 right now, um, I turned off XP and I went and soloed Serpent Shrine Cavern and Tempest Keep for transmog stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's only a 10 level difference. So it's the stuff from the expansion we had just finished. So I'm still capable of doing it. So if I got some plate on my warlock who was soloing that stuff without a problem, what's the big deal? Let my plate classes use it. Yeah. I don't, I, I gotta say, I don't really see what the problem is. I don't care. I would care if your warlock could transmog to plate looks that would bug right. me a little bit for sure. But, just your warlock gets a piece of plate and learns the thing. Yeah, who cares? To unlock it, card. I don't think it should really matter all that much. Yeah, just whatever you happen to have. That that'd be fine in my opinion. But you know, at least this way, I'm still happy because all my warriors will now be able to use the same looks, and I won't have to go and farm up Bashkandi a seventh time because <laughs> that that's getting ridiculous. Having to kill that that dragon that many times to get that sword. I've done it like. I've now had to get Ashkandi on a Death Knight, on a Paladin, on like four Warriors. I'm done. I don't want to farm him anymore. So now, no, in discreet in chat says it's to stop people from ninjing stuff for transmog. Like, when? Why are? Why would design decisions be based around who's going to ninja stuff? That's just poor behavior. I mean, just yeah. p- penalize that. Don't penalize everybody else because somebody might be a jerk. You know, don't don't let people need on things that they can't equip. They can't need things that can't equip anyways under the current loot rules. Yeah. That's the thing. So there you go. We should be fine. Although you have beaten my need rolls with greed rolls in the past, and I still don't know how that, that happened. I, I think that's stuff yeah. out of like low-level chests is wonky. It, every yeah. time we had that problem, it's because we looted a chest out of a boss. That, yeah. was when they, that was when the big time was when we did Dire Maul, and the yeah. end of that is a chest. Yeah. Because we did a tribute run. I still remember that. I'm like, how did that happen? Yeah. Uh, so I get Blizzard either fix that bug or stop putting loot in chests. But they pretty much haven't in years. That's all old stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Next, another transmog question. Also transmog, I heard rumors whispering of a die system for armor. Is this a thing? One of the main reasons I'm horde is that my favorite transmog set has pieces from Season 13's PvP set. I really don't like the color blue. Otherwise, I would switch to Alliance on him in a heartbeat. Uh as far as I can tell, no, there's no die system coming in. I've heard, I've nothing, heard of it. nothing about the die system. No, I haven't heard anything about that either. And I think the last time I heard about a die system was probably like five to six years ago when Blizzard said never. Uh, Blizzard never doesn't also necessarily mean never, but I haven't heard anything about it since. 
Yeah, I think people got excited when Diablo had it and thought, wow, they this is really cool. That if they were getting a Diablo transmog system, the armor die would be coming with that, maybe, but no. Yeah. Not happening. No. I mean, and if, an, if a die system ever did come to WoW, I'm almost entirely positive those dies wouldn't apply to any armor released prior to the die armor dying system. Or they would basically do a system where gear that has multiple colors that don't actually exist for you would then be dieable to those colors. Like, for instance, Warrior Tier 10 has a blue version that only exists on an NPC. Yeah. And they do that all the time. Like, there's a red version of Wrath, uh, tier, Battle the uh, Warrior Tier 2, mm-hmm. and that, that only appears on NPCs. You'll never see it in-game. That kind of thing I could see happening. Uh, but yeah. I don't... I don't expect them ever to just say, now you can turn your armor whatever color you want, because A, it would look dumb in a lot of cases. Uh, a warrior, like At least for warriors. Again, I, I, I talk about warriors a lot because that's what I play, but using Death Knight set as an example, the uh, the starting battle gear that you get as a Death Knight when you get through the, the Death Knight experience yeah. comes in a... They have multiple color variations of that set. Um, they're throughout um, the, the Wrath starting raids tier. The next Ramus and uh, I want to say Obsidian Sanctum. Is that what it's called? The, the Sartharian? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sartharian, Sartharian and Malagos and next Ramus drop multiple color variations of that set. Um, if you've ever matched them together, you've you've seen what a horror show you can get by by doing different colors on the same pieces of gear. Um, because there's like dark rust red and, and, and blood red. Then there's like a light blue. Then there's a blue and gold one. Then there's like a blue and black one. And none of them work together at all. And that's the kind of thing we, I mean, if we, people want to do it, I've always been of the mind, let them do it. But Blizzard's art department, the way they think about tier sets is pretty significantly against that kind of thing. Like if you listen to them talk about their tier sets, they're pretty, they, they, they don't mind so much you match together various pieces from a tier, but the color thing really does bug them. Like, they don't like it. And then, uh, Blizzard seems to really like using recolors as rewards, too. Um, yeah. Uh, you're like, okay, yeah, your tier set's blue, but if you want the red one, play it on a different difficulty, or do this other activity, or you'll see it come back in different color for a world event four years later. And they did they did a thing in this in, in Legion right now, the, the, the most recent Shaman tier that we've seen actually has different spell effects with its different color variations. For Legion, yeah. Yeah, there's a red one that if you get it in blue, it turns into like more of a lightning type thing, whereas the red version is more of a fire thing. Mm-hmm. So they they play with color quite a bit, and I think they don't they don't want to lose that toolkit. And I, I think there's for pre-existing armor, like armor that has already been released. Uh, like I said, they probably if they did add a die system, they probably really couldn't apply it to most. Armor. I mean, there yeah. are some that recolors exist, but it's not. I mean, Diablo is just kind of like a palette swap, and they designed the game with that in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, World of Warcraft, I mean, I don't think you can really apply. Diablo also doesn't have to... that many armor sets comparatively. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, WoW's armor hasn't been designed with that kind of system in mind so, so far. Yeah. Okay, number three, PvP. Is the old PvP gear going away for transmog? It would be nice to know if I need to grind out the, the places I, wa- I want, pieces I want before Legion if they are. No, they're not going away. Yeah, they're just staying put. I'm not entirely sure how you get them, because right now on the, the Legion Alpha, they still say they take honor points. Uh, I so imagine maybe they'll old... probably like swap it to gold or something. Yeah, or maybe they'll just like let it be the old honor system. I don't know. But right now, they are still in game. No one said anything about them going away. Uh, four, heirlooms. Before Legion drops, I'm doing some heirloom collecting. Uh, I'm not rolling in gold, and it's not look. I'm not looking to get the, the mythic trinkets or the... The fishing ring. If I fully upgraded them now, are they going to be useful when Legion drops, or am I going to have to upgrade them again? Mostly armor, weapons I figure I won't need to do. Uh, I don't see any reason they wouldn't be useful if you're going to level a character. I mean... Well, don't they cap at level 100? I was going to say, I think they cap at level 100, so they wouldn't really be useful for Legion anyway. They would not be useful, no. They they wouldn't be useful for you. I mean, yeah, you you can't wear them on your main, but if you're going to level an alt... If you're going to level just, you, and all, yeah, sure, but it'll only uh, get you uh, until level they hit level 100. And yeah, then. yeah, that's the thing to keep in mind too. You've you've now got a hundred levels to clear before you get to the the legion content. That's why they give they they give a level boost when you you play now because you've got a lot of ground to cover. It's yeah. not you know it gets kind of daunting. I mean, we've been doing a leveling stream how long? 
Well, yeah, but we also only play for two hours at a time, and there's five of us, and we screw around a lot. It's oh, yeah, but week. still. Yeah. Um, I started playing a low-level orc yesterday evening mm-hmm. um, with heirlooms. Well, you're in the like, mid-30s, early 40s now, right? Uh, I think I'm level 43 or 44. So it goes, and needles. Yeah, it, it goes pretty quick if you're soloing with heirlooms and not screwing around like we do on the live stream. That's good. All right. The next email is from One Bad Pillow. I'm positive I pronounced that correctly for once because it's three words jammed together real fast. Uh, Hello, watchers. I saw today on MMO Champion that there are now new level 110 follower message missions and a new class hall building for the garrison. I thought Legion was doing away with garrisons and could, fi- could find no information on the subject. Could you shed any light on what's happening with garrisons in Legion? Are we building a new garrison on the Broken Isles? Perhaps one that is a different racial theme? Or are we flying our current one, Dalaran style, through space and time? What will happen to our current followers and buildings? Thank you for your time and keep up the great work, uh, One Bad Pillow. Um, I haven't seen anything about this class hall building, but there are follower missions, but they're in our class hall, not in our garrison. And yeah. they, they seem to not be as big of a thing as they were in garrisons. Um, yeah. they're, bar- they're barely implemented. Like, you can't even run one of them. I think once you start mm-hmm. playing, you get one follower through your artifact quest, and that's mm-hmm. it. You can't do anything with that follower yet. Like, I know that the rogues get, um, well, I won't tell you who they get, but the rogues get one at the conclusion of theirs. Death, Death Knights get one. Yeah, you can't do anything with them yet, though, because the missions, the few missions that pop up require more than one person. Um, they're not, they're not continuing the garrison system. They're doing the thing where you can send your followers to do stuff from, what I understand, it's not going to be quite as mechanical as it is right now in Warlords. Because Warlords right now, it's like, you queue them up, send them out, come back later, pick up your stuff. Um, and with this one, I think they said that they were working on having a little bit more, it be a little bit more of an interactive experience where you're doing something and you want to send them out somewhere, but you need to get something for them so they can go do it. You know, it's not just static. Yeah, I, I looked at it real briefly a while, for the site of a little while back, and right now it's using a lot of the same technology as the Garrison missions, but that feels very much like just it's a placeholder. It's yeah, it's not yeah. it's nowhere near complete yet. So yeah, the one thing it's information on it. Yeah, the one mission that keeps being available when I go to do my various questing type stuff is a level one ten mission, and my followers level one hundred. It's the one I get. Yeah. Uh, it's probably the same one. It's level one hundred ten mission. Yeah, it's an Azune. That needs three followers, and the reward is one copper. Yeah, so essentially this is a system they're working on while they're working on everything else, and it hasn't been fully implemented in anything anything that's data mined on it. You should basically be real, real, real careful before you worry about it or believe in it. And the garrison garrison itself, the one you have in Draenor, that doesn't factor into any of this. It's just not a part of it. It's the same interface, but it isn't. That's just because that's what they have to to build with. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's as far as we know at the moment. Uh, certainly, in terms of actually playing on the alpha, there's no new garrison building. There's no new anything. You can't even. They start you at level 100, and you you haven't even done any of the stuff involving Draenor at all. So if you even try to go back to Draenor to a garrison, you don't have one, and you'd have to do the starting experience. I know because I did. Um. I went and did the Draenor starting experience because I wanted to pick Why? up some gear. I wanted to pick up some gear from Draenor for Transport. <laughs> okay. So uh, I, I'm, that character got stuck right around the point where you blow up the bridge because it was bugged. Like the, <laughs> okay. bridge, wasn't, the bridge wasn't blowing up properly. So I, I was like, okay, yeah, I don't care. And I deleted the character because I wasn't that interested. Reported the bug because, you know, hey, I wanted them to know you've got a bug here. But other than that, yeah. So next email is from Vesuvius. Uh, hello, watchers. I have one gameplay and one story question stemming from a horde pandaren I recently started. First, I know Blizzard doesn't like reworking old content, but do they do they need to fix the intro quest chain for horde pandaren? Currently, it has you waking up to a to a garage awkwardly standing next to a Vol'jin in Orgrimmar, and seems like the kind of thing that would confuse new players. Secondly, assuming they don't rework the quests, why would any pandaren join the horde? They're told in the Wandering Isle all about the Horde's honor, but the first thing they see upon getting to Urgamar is someone saying the city is segregated, a war chief who tells them they're essentially a client race, 
and as a record, as a reward, are immediately thrown into a death fight for Garrosh's amusement. Aside from Garrosh telling them he'll murder all traitors, why wouldn't these pandering just leave? Thank you for your time and look forward to your thoughts, Vesuvius. Do you think you um, can walk out of Orgrimmar? Do you think you'd be allowed to do that under Garrosh's rule? You've walked into his chamber. He's seen you. You've sworn your service to the Horde. Are you just going to leave? He's going to well, find you, you. Yeah, maybe just go back to the Well, you haven't sworn your service when you walk in. You're just like, hi, I'm interested in being a Horde representative. And then that's when he throws you because he's testing your worth pretty much. By throwing you in the death pit. It's really grit. Like, okay, Alliance side with the Pandaren when you get there, basically. You get a fist fight. But... You, you, Varian, Varian says, haha, hit me. And you punch him. And then you're in the Alliance, right? And on the Horde side, Garrosh is like, you need to prove your worth. And he throws you into a death pit with a bunch of dudes that you have to, like, beat up. Which, it's a very different kind of experience. Yeah, the Between Alliance the one two. is pretty much done. Like the Alliance one is done once you get to to, to you know Stormwind, which I almost called Alliance Town. Alliance. Uh, you get there and it's yeah, you get there and it's done. Like there's you know, hey, here we are. Okay, that's cool. The end. Get to Orgrimmar. It's like literally it turns into a different experience entirely. Like it's suddenly you're in you're in like you know Barter Town and Master Blasters throwing you in into Thunderdome and it's like what? What do you mean I gotta fight things in Northrend? I, why? Why you're nuts, man? Not one, but two Joram Goss. Anyway, um, now it, it is it something that needs to be reworked? Yes, absolutely. Obviously, we're several expansions. Um, well, here's I'm playing. A horde character right now. Okay, yeah. leveling one. Um, Garrosh is everywhere. In, yeah. In horde leveling. What what level are Pandaren when they they're like what level? 20? Ten, ten or 10? eleven? Twenty? Ten? I think they're closer to ten than twenty. Uh, yeah. Well, if you're playing a horde character, you know low level Pandaren, and you have to quest through all of the low level content. Uh, having Garrosh there actually makes more sense than having Vuldren there. But at some point, there needs to be an explanation for why Vuldren is there after later. Because um, Garrosh is, uh, he's a pretty well-integrated part of that Cataclysm leveling. Everywhere you go, it's like, oh, Garrosh is Horde, and you're doing horrible, monstrous things all over the place. And, um, yeah, this could really, really be solved sense. if they just, like, phased that portion of the Pendar and starting experience, where they just phased it into an older version of Orgrimmar, where Garrosh is there, ensconced on the throne yeah. or whatever. Vul- and- Vuljin being there makes less sense than at that point than Garrosh being there. Garrosh yeah. In the story. Well, and I mean, once you once you reach a certain level, all of a sudden, poof, it's Vuljin is phased in and you get some kind of explanation. Like, even if you just went up to Vulgin to talk to him and go, uh, what are you doing here? And he gives you like a brief summary of the Siege of Orgrimmar experience. Very brief. While you were gone. <laughs> Sit we... a while and listen. <laughs> Hello, I'm Vulgin Kane. Sit like, a while and listen. <laughs> like once you hit level 60, all of a sudden Garrosh phases out, Vulgin phases in, and then you get the explanation. Because once you hit level 60, theoretically you're not leveling in Kalimdor, the Eastern Kingdoms anymore, and you're you know, you're moving on to Burning Crusade, so... You know, um, and it should be Thrall! It should be Thrall in charge! Of course, you know, you're moving on to Burning Crusade, and then you go to Garadar, and Garrosh is inexplicably... Yeah. He's there, too! He's everywhere! I'm, I'm gonna bring this up, because I don't think there's gonna be a better time to bring it up, and I kinda wanna talk about it. Uh, playing this Horde character, what I've noticed is the Horde quests remember that High Elves are part of the Alliance, and that's really interesting to me. Uh, on the, when you're playing Alliance... High Elves are only there if it's like a big production, right? Like Dalaran or yeah. uh, Isle of Thunder when when Jaina and uh, uh, Ver- what's her name, Verisa? Verisa, yeah. yes. When Jaina and Verisa are there, like okay, then there's High Elves. But through Alliance questing, there really aren't High Elves as just like a, a part of the rank and file, right? Hard quests. I'm not gonna say there's a ton of them because there's not. But every now and then you get this quest where they're like, "Go slay the Alliance commander, a High Elf huntress," and I'm like, "What?" There's high elves. I play alliance. I never see high elves. The horde is killing them all the time. That's why you never see them. And like, it's really cool to see them. Like, it's part of the alliance. Except I'm killing them. But on the alliance side, like, this is not a thing. You don't see them unless it's there's like a ton of them, like Dalaran. The only reason you see them alliance side is when they're like part of that Silver Covenant deal, or when they're the ones that were stranded in uh, a Larian Windrunner's uh, outpost there. Or, like, in Wrath, they have them in that one place. 
Yeah, it's like a big dedicated production usually when the high elves show up. But for the Horde, it's like, nope, there's just a high elf among them. Kill them. That's just another member of the Alliance, except this one happens to be a high elf. And it's uh, so strange that the Horde gets that part of it, but the Alliance doesn't. And they're part of the Alliance and not the Horde. I just thought it was interesting. The Alliance doesn't see the Alliance as an antagonist. You only get this. It's funny because the view of the Horde from the Alliance is completely different than the view of the Horde from within the Horde. And I'm not just talking about stuff like, you know, the the honor thing versus the way the Horde acts when you're fighting them. I'm talking about the racial makeup of the Horde. You play Horde, you see a lot of Horde players. Like you go to Orgrimmar, you see all the other people playing Horde. It, It looks a lot more cosmopolitan. When you're playing Alliance and you're fighting Horde forces, it's orcs. Oh, it's always orcs, yeah. It's just orcs all the time. You know, it's like, it's like cool when you see Torin over there. Because like, oh, wow, they remember they have Torin. They remember they have the giant nine-foot-tall cow people. Yeah, I'd use those more in my army, personally. I'd have a lot more of those guys if I, if I could get them. Mm-hmm. But that's not what, you know, it's funny because you get a completely different idea. To the Alliance, the Horde is a monolithic thing. It's just, it's all, it's all orcs all the time. And Forsaken. That's yeah. one of the things. Yeah, and some Forsaken, depending on where you are. The Forsaken almost feel like a different group. Yeah, like, I noticed um, they do this. I, I've noticed this a lot in that um, the alliance is n- never seems to be represented as an alliance. And I don't think the horde is represented as the horde. It's like here are the orcs, okay, and over here are the forsaken, and over here are the trolls. It's never you know the horde, the orcs, the torn, and the trolls and the forsaken standing next to each other. It's like this is the orc camp where you fight the orcs. This is the forsaken camp where you fight the forsaken. It's just very strange. And that's what's been interesting with the High Elves, because they don't have, like, you don't go slaughter a High Elf camp. I was fighting Night Elves. They said, okay, go slay the High Elven commander. I was like, whoa, not only is there a High Elf, like, it's not just a Night Elf? Yeah, that's kind of messed up. Yeah, those are just really interesting moments that it just kept standing out. Like, I'm killing High Elves pretty frequently compared to when I actually see them as an Alliance player. All right. Next one is from Niaus. He says pronounced nil Aus. Uh, Nilaus, Nilaus, whatever, man, I don't know. Uh, greetings, watchers. Did I skip one? I did skip one, didn't I? You did. I'm sorry. I'll come back to you. Now that the Legion Alpha has started, I was again. I was wonder, hoping you could wondering you could answer two questions for me about the new transmog system. Question the first. Well, this is going to be a transmog day. Uh, I put this letter together. Why am I amazed? <laughs> Every so often, I wonder about myself. Uh, will archaeological weapons and armor, such as Queen Ashara's dressing gown or the umbrella of GG, be auto-added to a character's wardrobe if they have a record of having found them in the completed artifacts tab of the archaeology menu? That's a good question that I can't answer because none of my characters have archaeology because they won't let me import a character. Yeah, um, yeah I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to do archaeology on Alpha. We, <laughs> That's we can't the least copy. interesting thing I could be doing. We can't character copy right now, so we don't have an answer to that. I would assume that the answer is yes, but only if your character can actually equip the dressing gown or the umbrella. Um, yeah. And if your character can't do that, well then, okay. But um, I forget what I was going to say. Okay. I really do. Move on to question a second, and you can maybe get it back. Yeah. Uh, you said earlier that some leveling gear will be changing to mail or plate, depending on who the gear was intended for come Legion. What if profession gear... Will any of the early mail from blacksmithing be usable for shamans and hunter transmog, or will it all be turned to plate for warriors, paladins, and death knights? You're likely to see it turned to plate because I know for a fact that the green iron set turns to plate, and that's an early uh, tra- that's an early blacksmithing piece. Um, various other blacksmithing pieces also turn to plate. Probably the leatherworking mail pieces that you could make, because there are those a are few like- leatherworking mail pieces that you can make, and I think those are probably hunter shaman related. Yeah. Because the thing is, is that like pretty much instead of doing leather, like a lot of leather gear might be turning to mail. But the problem with that is, how do you determine it? Like, because hunt, man, I hope my dark shamans... iron mail doesn't turn to dark iron plate. No, because there's already dark iron plate. There's dark iron yeah. plate and there's dark iron mail, so the mail will stay with mail. Good, because that's a good set piece for transmog. <laughs> the problem we have is that like hunters and shamans use leather right now, up until like level forty. Yeah. Yes. And then it changes to mail for them. That's not going to be the case in Legion. They're going to start in mail. Like they're that's, the gear. That's good because in Oddity I ran into playing the shaman. I went to transmog. Um, I was wearing leather because I was below level forty. So I was like, okay, I'll transmog into leather. Uh, you can't. It doesn't let you. Yeah. Um. Okay. I was like, okay, then I'll transmog into mail. You can't because you can't wear it. So um, you can't transmog as a shaman below level forty. You just can't. Well, you're wearing heirlooms, right? Yes. 
Uh, that's part of it's because you're trying to transmog the heirlooms to something? Yes, but I was also that trying is... to transmog. Not, like, a leather pair of non-heirloom boots as a shaman cannot be transmogged to another pair of leather boots. That's really You also strange. cannot transmog them to a male pair of boots. Yeah, because they're not male. Yes. You're kind of stuck in limbo, essentially. But, I mean, I hit level 40 so quickly that I just went out for another hour and I was level 40 and I could transmog. So it wasn't that big of a deal. It was just strange. Yeah. Yeah, but th- that's going to go away. And basically, you start in the armor that you will be wearing for the rest of the expansion. There, there's no more I'm switching. I'm just wondering how they're going to handle that, though, with all the low-level gear. Because, obviously, you know, plate doesn't start existing until a particular... Like, you can't you, find a piece already, of level 2 plate right now. Can now. You, you, you can in Legion. It already it exists already. Okay. They've but, already done this in the, on the Alpha. But that's I went out and cut out potential male transmog for shaman yep. hunters so what i'm wondering is are they going to split it and just make it so that that set exists in both plate and male as like two separate sets no right right now the way it is because i went uh, my wife actually made me do this i went onto the alpha and i looked around and i went to wowhead and i looked around there's like for instance one set that you start getting in the 30s and then like you keep getting it until you're in your 40s uh, that has it's all it's all male like it's the male quest gear that you mm-hmm. get. Uh, that stuff all stays male because it's agi male. Except the helmet, the only good helmet for the set is an int helmet, and that helmet turns to plate. Oh my gosh! It's it's really it's gonna I'm mess hoping, everything up. They need to do something is, about that. It is. This is. It's. It is not ideal right now. It is. Not, it's something yeah. I've actually been talking about. I, I hope uh, it's something they address. Maybe maybe we should write a column on that. Because right now, everybody pretty, seems to be like, pretty interested in it anyway. Right now, it's really awkwardly implemented. Like yeah. another thing is like, like I said, I know the green iron set turns to plate, and there's various other male sets. Like the glimmering male is now the glimmering plate. No, like that's one of the Wait, few really? really good. Yes, that's one that's of the few terrible. really good male sets that looks male is nice. hideous. I mean, my shaman is using that because male is hideous. Ah. <sighs> yeah. Glimmering Mail and several other like there's stuff that you that's not even really sets per se. It's just it's it's the Glimmering Mail this Glimmering Mail that. There's no set bonus or anything. It's just they're all pieces. So um, it's Glimmering Mail, but it's plate. It's called no, it's, Glimmering it's, Mail, but it's plate. It's called Glimmering Plate now. They need oh even the name. Oh my gosh. Changed. They need to not just not do this. Yeah, they the thing is to, that what they if, need to do they, is these sets that overlap, the overlapping ones that were male and plate, like they were male that could be worn by plate users, they need to just make a male set, make a plate set, call them two different things, have them use the same models so that everybody can still transmog with those, because there are people that use those fairly regularly in their transmog, like Glimmering Male is one of those ones, um, I'm guessing that the one that I'm using on Hattie that one's probably going to turn to plate. I would be probably. really upset if it does. If it if it's got strength pieces in it right now, that's there's here's the the easy rule of thumb right now. If it has strength pieces, those pieces are going to turn to plate. But here's the here's the problem. Particularly oh yeah, there's lots of problems with this. Here's, glimmering in particular, it's a strength agility set. Yeah, the stats on it are strength and agility. So whatever. It's there's actually like several like this. My shaman. They're gonna get a lot of people complaining sound, if they don't do like something really about that. Sounds like a really half-baked idea. Yeah, they're gonna get a lot of people complaining if they don't do something about that. Because some of the most popular male sets, if those turn to plate, then male users are going to be really irritated. Me included. My shaman. One of my favorite shaman transmogs is a set of old uh, male. It's like really old stuff that you got back in vanilla. I, I can't remember the name. I think I want to say it's the Battleforge. Yeah, that's but the one that I've got on Hattie right now. Every piece of that is going to go plate. Yeah, that's, and I that's ridiculous. They need, to, they need to do something about that. So, but, I mean, on the one hand, I, I find it, I like the fact that my my low-level warriors won't have to wear mail anymore. I like that, but I, if you're a shaman or hunter, you probably use all that old mail in your transmog, and yeah, it's it's a real problem. It's something that has bothered me, like, since they they implemented this. So, yeah. That's that is something that is coming. That is something that really needs to be thought about more before it goes in. Yeah. Okay then. Um, before we move on, um, I have a question about this person's phonetic pronunciation of their name. Yeah. I so don't... it's nil as in nothing. A Y as in the Fonz. Hey. How? Oh, the sound he makes. Yeah. So nil. Hey. You know. I thought. 
I was trying to pronounce A Y as in like the vowel sound of the Fonz, like nil nilus. No. You're from Wisconsin. You're from Milwaukee. How do you know? But I would I would write A as in like the sound the Fonz makes, not as in the Fonz. Okay. He wasn't like he wasn't actually looking at the words the Fonz and thinking about the Fonz saying them. He was looking at the word the Fonz and just thinking of the sound of the word the font right how to make how a y makes the vowel in fonts yeah nil he was like nil yeah i was like that's not how you say the font that's not how you say a y how do you how do these okay are you done picking your choice of words i understand that all right go ahead rossi well i'm going back now to the email i skipped because i feel bad uh this one is from grayweed uh, I assume that's how that's pronounced. Hello, Blizzard Watch. If there's one obvious thing left completely unexplained in Warlords for me, it's the presence of Blood Elves in Talador. The Blood Elves we see in, Ta- in Outlands Shatrath were Illidari outcasts and, alive- and arrived there after the Sundering. So who are these guys and why do they take such immense interest in the fate of alternate Shatrath? Best wishes, Greywe. Greywe? Going to no, ass- go. Yeah, I'm going to assume that Greywe plays Alliance. And possibly doesn't play Horde and hasn't recognized who these people are. Because uh, the Blood Elves that are in Talador, in Warlords of Draenor, they are, well, basically they're the Blood Knights. They're, they came with Lady Liadrin. They Marvel. came with Lady Liadrin. And the reason they're helping the Draenei is because they have a vested interest in helping out the Draenei. The Draenei restored the Sunwell and brought it back for them. And that was during... What during Wrath when you do the Keldalar quest chain, you can yeah, kind of see um, um, some of the fallout I mean, from that. Liadrin's even... talking about the Draenei and she's talking about them very respectfully. So yeah, and all of this ties into out, like our Outland and the events of Burning Crusade because that's when Lady Liadrin and her people were saved by the Naru and the Draenei. So yeah, Velen was the one who showed up and basically restored the Sunwell for them. So they have like this standing interest in helping out the Draenei. The Draenei basically gave them back everything that they had lost. They gave them back the light. Um, and that's why they're in Talador and helping out because, you know, that's that's how the light works. <laughs> they don't, they don't essence, really pay... they're paladin pals. Yeah, they're paladin pals. They don't so much pay attention to the factional divide or whatever. And since the Draenei on Draenor aren't really allied with the Alliance per se, they're helping them, yes, but they're not like a member of the Alliance officially or anything. Yeah, Liadrin and the others are going to show up and help out. Are you kidding? They kind of owe the Draenei. So that's why that's going on. Yeah. Um, also, Liadrin has never been like a particularly... like horde raw person i mean she would fight for them because she's a blood knight yeah the blood elves are perpetually in the position aren't they where um, they're kind of out on the outer circle of the horde they kind of don't really belong in the horde except for like a select few of them who spoil everything for everybody else well it it, it's definitely like we saw that at the um the end of kata and the going into the mists that there's like loyalists that actually you know are that are horde that like being in the horde. Yeah, um, like it seems like the blood elves, speaking generally, don't really fit in the horde and don't really want to be there. But there's a few who are such monsters <laughs> that uh, the, the alliance doesn't really want them either. Well, plus, I mean, every time the the blood elves think about leaving, somebody screws it up. Yeah, like between the fact that there's an undead maniac just just to the south who's got a huge army and is kind of nuts and would be kind of personally offended had they would they leave considering she stuck her neck out to get them in in the first place and the fact that you know every time they've like well you know we're gonna do it anyway somebody like you know screws up the deal they were actually uh, they were during missa pandaria um if you haven't played through the dominance offensive quests uh you should probably do that because they're really, really good. But um, there's a point there where it's revealed that Lorthmar is actually, he's thinking, he's thinking pretty strongly about ditching the horde and going back with the Alliance. And then Dalaran happened and that just kind of went out the window. <laughs> yeah. Um. Can I, maybe I shouldn't. What? There's what? something related to that that happens in one of the artifact quest chains that uh, really bothers me. I wouldn't um, talk about that. Just to avoid spoilers, but let's talk Can you about say it what after. Say the what show. artifact it is. Uh, it's in the mage stuff. Okay. Oh, I I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, last email is a little more show focused, actually. Dear watchers, as a longtime listener of the previous podcast, being listening for six years now, please, please, please do an anniversary show for this one year of Blizzard Watch. You never did anything special for the previous podcast anniversary. Uh, even if you just make it a longer show and go over the highlights of the year, that would be awesome. Uh, love, Adina, Tarakar, you. Well, uh, Anne, since you emailed me about it. We are actually planning on um, Blizzard Watch's anniversary. Is it February 3rd? Yes. Okay, Blizzard Watch's one-year anniversary is February 3rd. That's a Wednesday. Usually we do the shows on Tuesday, but we're actually going to move the show to Wednesday for that for that date just because we kind of started the website with a podcast, so we might as well continue that tradition. So <laughs> so um, I don't know how anniversary-themed the show will be. I'm sure we'll talk about it, obviously, because, you know, one year of having the site together and up and running and everything is pretty... Um, substantial as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Alex, do you have anything to add? Um, yeah, uh, I don't really... I think that just the... I just want it to be just kind of a show where we talk about stuff instead of being like a really big yeah, special production with thousands of guests. Like, that's never really how we've done things. Um, nope. We'll just talk about it being a year and the usual thing and do it on a special day. Maybe we'll it. bring Adam in if we can, since Maybe. he was there for the first show. Maybe. I'm just planning on being completely, absolutely, you know, crying and weeping the whole time. No, I'm not going to cry. I promise. <laughs> no, I, you, I did I, enough I, of that on show number one. I'm you kidding. people I, and your human emotion is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Someday it'll happen to you too, Alex. I dread like, the day. <laughs> oh, no. My logical core is breaking down. I'm having a cascade failure. That's what this is. It's like when Data's daughter started laughing. Oh, no. Don't it's remind like, me about that episode. It was terrible. Okay. Well, this is just so many terrible episodes of Star Trek. Uh, so now I'm actually trying to summon Adam to the power of my horrible words. Uh, I guess that's pretty much the show, though. So at this point, I usually turn things over to Alan. What? You're up. Oh, Blizzard Watch. It's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much. Uh, as is usually the case, I'm going to remind everybody to um, send emails to podcast at blizzardwatch.com if you want to send them in to us. That'd be great. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Matthew Rossi. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next week for our one-year anniversary. That's not next That's week. That's not next it's week. It's like three weeks. Not next week. Ah! Okay, I messed up the ending. Leave it <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. Just <laughs> say goodbye, Rossi. Goodbye, Rossi. <laughs> <laughs>